Welcome to DF in Universe. One hour of Black Power Thinking. This week's episode upcoming. Get the tape, brother. No, not just the title, Get the Tape, brother, but the instruction. Because eventually you're going to need this type of guidance, this type of cipher, this type of thinking. It may not apply right now. A lot of people are not going to hit that wall just yet. But I guarantee you, brother, you're going to need to get the tape. And that's what we grew up on. And that is what's going to happen in this universe. You're going to realize that all of the good that you tried to do amounts to naught. Unless you accept your own and be yourself. Assalamu alaikum, brother. Peace to the God. Peace. What's going on, man? Ah, bro, I don't know. I don't know. I think we have to start with this fight night. I was invited to uh, go out and watch fight night with my friends from around the way. But I have a cold, slight cold. I'm knocking it out as we speak. But um, so I decline. Um, what's going on on your end? Did you see the fight and what were the results? Well, I saw the fight. Um, kind of like I saw the Cowboy Redskin game. Um, <laughs> but I slide that one in there. Yes, sir. Um, um, it was a slaughter. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. The Redskin game definitely was a slaughter, but uh, <laughs> uh, the Roy Jones fight uh, versus Tyson, I thought was you know, I thought that Tyson would win, mm-hmm. uh, but I thought that uh, Roy was kind of calculating in the way that he um, continued to um, uh, uh, lock lock up with, with with Tyson. And what I mean, mm-hmm. lock up was like pre- prevent him from <clears throat> continuing to hit him. Right. And I think that was the difference maker. I think that had he not use that tactic he would have got knocked out right. so I really wasn't impressed with Roy and what Roy did I don't know why they called that a draw I think yeah. I, I felt that Tyson clearly beat the shit out of him but um, <laughs> and, and even at the end of it um, Roy definitely gave me the impression that he did not want any more of that smoke <laughs> but you know um he said that he would have to speak with family members. I don't know why you need to speak with family members after a fight to decide if that's what you want to continue to do. You know, Mike Mike was clearly like, shit, man, I'll, I'll do this all day, every day. Yeah. You know, yeah, I don't need to pay. Did winded, Mike? I saw him winded, but I, but the difference is, like, you could be winded, but it could be a good win, Right. <laughs> The difference between Roy, both of them seemed winded, but the difference between Mike was like he got a howl being winded. Roy was like, "Shit, nigga, that's a defeated type of winded." Like, I'm 
don't want to do this shit again. Like, <laughs> no, no more. Yeah, he is like, man, I know why people, I mean, I felt that power. I know why, I know what people were talking about. <laughs> you know, shit, I don't, you know, like he had like complete, like utter respect for everything that Tyson did to him. Mm-hmm. But Tyson was like, nigga, I could give you this shit all day, every day. <laughs> You know, Roy was like, uh, I don't Wait a hard on. <laughs> yeah, Roy was like, I let me get back with you on that, bro. I ain't sure I want that again. Tyson says that, that he has an uncontrollable erection when he's fighting. <laughs> that is disturbing, brother. <laughs> I don't know if I take that literal, though. I think that I... No, I, he, he said it's literal. You ever watch his hot boxing um um what you been call it podcast? Yeah. yeah, but 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 I yeah, I do, but Tyson is 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 a different type of thinker <laughs> and a different type of um a different type of um enunciator, right? Like <laughs> he says things that like I want to eat your value. Yeah, like I want to eat your kids. I'm gonna fuck you till you love me. You know, he says things like that, right? And and I think you have to be careful about like, you know, like taking that literal. Like I, like I, I don't take that literal like that. Like, you know, the way I know Tyson, the way in my understanding of him, I don't see it like that. Like I think that, like he gets an erection men- mentally. <laughs> about beating your ass, about fucking you up. <laughs> you know, I, I that's the kind of thing I, I see. But not like what he would do with a woman. <laughs> you know, and but I think that's the closest he can describe it. Like, you know, like I you know you know, you 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 know get my dick hard to, to kick your ass. <laughs> that you know that type of thing. One of the things that we're gonna explore uh, maybe not tonight, but in future podcasts, is the excitement, you know, euphoria that comes from killing, and why certain people have. It. <coughs> I know there's a psychological reason, maybe multiple theories, on why people have an excitement with uh, killing, and how we have to prevent them from being out in society. But we'll get to that in another podcast. Uh, let's start yeah. this podcast. That's, right. that's, that's definitely not a normal <laughs> thing. <laughs> Very abnormal. <laughs> you know, if you have an obsession with killing, that's not a normal thing at all, brother. Uh, they they have a psychological uh, answer for it, too, right? Yeah. Or, well, or at least explain it in theory. Yeah, well, again, I mean, you, you start to get into uh, psychopathology and things like that, you know, <laughs> um, and that those all those paths are not uh, normal or healthy pathological uh, thinking and behavior. Mm-hmm. So um, the things that cause that are people that think like that are not normal people, you know, at all. So um you know what happens in people that think like that is not th- th- those are not healthy and normal people that is correct i totally agree with that one because 
they're predators in society. And uh, some of them are uh, just bent on killing. Some are bent on um, sexual offenses and other types of criminal activity, which society must deem um, at least problematic and think of ways to eradicate them from society. Well, the, the, Not the death penalty, but uh, certainly we need to be protected from such predators. Well, it's, it's, it's just dysfunctional thinking, you know, <laughs> at, at the heart of everything. It's, it's an unhealthy, uh, dysfunctional way of thinking about anything. If, <laughs> if, if you're thinking about, I don't care if it's animals, but if you right. have an obsession, an, an obsession with killing, that's a dysfunction, dysfunctional and abnormal way of thinking. And right. that's problematic, and we need to get to the root of why that person thinks and feels the way they think and feel. Right. And we are at the eight-minute mark in DF and Universe, and we are going to begin another one hour of Black Power thinking. Um, first and foremost, I'd like to um, thank your children for being on the podcast. That was wonderful, brother. Yeah, I, I, I see. I see they um, <laughs> convince you to at least have some lights outside, <laughs> lighten up the place, Dad. Pops. <laughs> yeah, well, they got a light on the inside now too. They got a Christmas tree with a star on it. I'm gonna tell, tell you what my pop did one Christmas. He now he believes in Christmas. He, we put the tree up every year, and every year he asks us to help in that uh, struggle, right? So every year we get a beating for putting up the damn tree or dropping the lights or cracking a bow. Something happens. But even in our snotty nose, we were happy with our ass beat to see a tree up. <laughs> even if it caused us some type of pain. I don't know what was... um what it was, but there's a magic to the end of the year. I think uh, people have tried to do it with uh, Kwanzaa, but it's not quite Christmas. Yeah, I think what's disappointing to me about it um, is well, I don't know if I want to use the word disappointing, but I, I think um, to me, you know, I like I personally felt like, you know, I wanted to raise my kids. I wanted to give them the truth about um, Christmas or maybe I'm being subjective here when I say giving the truth because it could be my truth, right? Mm. Um, but what I wanted to give them was something that I didn't have, right? Mm. And, and what I mean by what I didn't have is that, you know, I grew up poor. You know, I didn't have, when Christmas came about, you know, I didn't get any of the crap that I, you know, I saw everybody else get for Christmas and all that. Mm -hmm. And so I, I particularly felt a certain way growing up about Christmas. And then um, growing up in Islam, it really reinforced like, wow, this is really some foolishness to, you know, um, <laughs> You know, you got all these people that are selling these Christmas ornaments and Christmas trees, and they don't even believe in Christmas themselves, but, right. they're, taking, but they're taking your money. Exactly. And so I wanted to be very careful 
and all the things that went with this thing um reindeer flying uh santa claus <laughs> you know toys and all this stuff and then jesus being born i mean all these myths that went with this i was like jesus christ there's no way that i'm going to perpetuate you know this lie raising my kids mm-hmm. and w- w- what i realized is that you know you raising your kids are one thing but what you don't need what you're not even aware of is the way that the rest of the world is raising your kids hmm. w- without your permission that is correct sir and 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 that's what you don't include in your thinking and i and what i mean by that's what you don't include is it's not intentional that you don't include it you just are not thinking about how the rest of the world is going to affect your kids right so you're raising them one way but the rest of the world will affect them another way and then now you have to augment or you miss how the world is affecting them so you're raising them one way the world is impacting them another way whether you know it or you don't know it but it's happening right so for me I was raising my kids one way in my house but they was leaving out of the house and they was being impacted by the rest of the world Hmm. and and What's crazy about it is the rest of the world is a hundred times, right? A hundred times to your one time. That is correct. And, and as far as impact. Right. And so it's like overwhelming because <laughs> every time they step out the door saying, oh no, this, 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 everybody else is ready to attack them and tell them how wrong they are. Mm-hmm. for what they're not getting and what they're not doing and how mm-hmm. they're not like everybody else. Right. And you, I, that, I, that I was not aware of or was ready for. Mm-hmm. And when that started to happen, like it, like it, 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 it was happening and I wasn't even aware that, that was happening. Right. Right. And so the desire to be a part of everybody else mm-hmm. was, 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 problematic to me because I was like didn't even know or did I want you to feel like you wanted to be like everybody else like I raised you to be different right? but to be different made you isolated or made made you you know you you wasn't like everybody else and it was very difficult for them to be on that island by themselves and they didn't want to be Especially at this young age, right? And 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 but you as a parent don't know that, right? And that you have put them on that island, and, right? And guess what? They're trying to get off of it. Hmm. <laughs> and they think that you're the madman that's holding it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> One of the things that um I learned early in life was to make fun of it, to make um keep your sense of humor about it because if we're too rigid we'll be we'll snap something is going to give eventually um but keeping them grounded is where your sense of humor comes in um i don't know what that entails for every parent but it's different you have to read 
and know what you're reading in terms of observing their behaviors, their thoughts, and their outside influences. Yeah, see, sense of humor was was nothing. Uh, it's not, <laughs> you are devoid of sense of humor. Uh, well, I'm, I can see the mean mugging on your face I'm, right now, and I can't even see your face. Well, well, well. Here's the thing, bro. I don't have much of a sense of humor. I'll be, I'll be honest. Um, uh, and a little bit of the, of a temper too. Well, well, I have a little bit of temper. I have a lot of temper, bro. Depending on where you, where you meet me at. Um, so yeah, definitely. But, um, so, you know, like, and it's weird because to me, I, I've never saw myself like that. Right. Mm -hmm. But I see myself like that now, but I did not prior to this Mm -hmm. because I've always been around people like you who I thought, if you think (laughs) I'm extreme, I'm like, damn, I come from, you know, from people you know, I, right? I come from Orthodox Islam, Nation of Islam. I mean, you talk about. I mean, brother, we don't play uncompromised. Yeah, you know, like brother, we don't eat we, hot dogs. We don't do this, brother. We don't. And 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 I'm thinking that I'm we gonna go to the movie. Yeah, I'm like I'm, <laughs> shit. You know, I'm compromising. I mean, you think that I'm tough? And and. But you you were prepared for it with your your worldly background by then. You were eighteen at that time. It, what what I think we don't realize as parents is that shit is scary to fucking kids. Excuse me for cursing. I don't need mean to be cursing. But um I um took a little bit of um you ever heard of Everclear? It's an alcohol. It's yeah, actually yeah. the liquor. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's what's my cough syrup for tonight. So uh, we are in full drink mode, champs. Because <laughs> uh, it feels slightly inebriated. Yeah. By well. this concoction that I made: ginger ale and um, grain alcohol. Well, that Everclear, bro, that will get you there. Uh, you mm. gotta be careful about that. I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a Remy Martin, VSOP <laughs> or top of the show. Yeah, you need to ladder for this. Yeah, 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 yeah. That stuff that that stuff that you drink and make you want to fight. That yeah, damn right. It's a, it's a um, it, it'll peel paint off you. <laughs> it doubles as a paint in it. <laughs> It will take the enamel out of your stomach longer. Yeah, bro. <laughs> yeah. We are at the 18-minute mark in DF and Universe, and we freestyling for the first 20-minute segment. Um, Anything else on your mind? I, well, first, let me say this. Um, tonight's episode is dedicated to the topic of get the tape, brother. I've scheduled this since last week, but... um. Didn't know exactly where it was going to go or what was going to be the content of it. But it was basically, what did we hear and what was the most memorable tape we heard from Minister Farrakhan that has impacted us even to this day, even though we're no longer in that circle? What was the one tape 
that blew your mind even to this day. Mm. Okay. So um, you've got about a minute left to close out this segment, and we'll come back with that segment right afterwards. Wow. Um, Jesus Christ, I don't know that I can do that in, in, in that <laughs> amount of time. Um, but I, you know, I I think the most powerful thing probably was the black man is God. Hmm. Yes, sir. And, and you know, I don't even remember the tapes verbatim, but I remember what the the theme of the tape, or the damn title was enough to even make me purchase that damn tape. And right, the that, one that, that I purchased that was that powerful was how to give birth to a God. See, and that's the second one. <laughs> that's the second one, right? So to, to this me, day, no matter how yeah, teachings yeah. or understanding has changed, yeah. I have never forgotten. And I can't remember the words to it. But oh, I just yeah. remember that we not only have a responsibility, but just by accident, sheer accident, we can give birth to a God. Yeah. And 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 it's interesting because he referenced Malcolm X uh mm. in, in in that. Right. And in mm-hmm. I don't know that I have time to articulate it. Um, yes. Go ahead. So what 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 he talked about was in, in black people, sometimes in our um, yearning and desire for change, we give birth to a God by accident. Mm. In, 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 in our desire for change, you have uh, two people that may come together. But they both desire change, but they don't know how to do it. But mm-hmm. in that desire for change, they give birth to a God. And that God comes into existence and manifests that change. And he said that Malcolm X was that person. Wow. And we will be right back after these messages. Peace. And we are back in the Essen Universe. One hour black power papers. Welcome back, brother. Peace. Peace to God. Um what have you to say about this um, um, eternal sticker left on the brain from uh, what we heard from Minister Farrakhan in, in terms of those tapes? Uh, well, bullets. Well, I, okay, so, well, um, how do I start? Um because it kind of takes me to a place. So stay stay where you are, right? Mm-hmm. With with um, and maybe you need to write it down. I don't have anything in front of me to write down, but stay where you are with that. Mm-hmm. So it in case I lose my train of thought. No so, problem. So prior to me uh, getting on the podcast, I was having a conversation with my son, mm-hmm. and uh, he was saying to me uh, uh, about how deep. 
I see things or how he doesn't see things as deep as as <laughs> as I do. Mm-hmm. And, and I said to him, I said, wow, you know, then that means to me, I've done one of two things. I, I either have or have not created the luxury for you to feel that way. Hmm. And and I said that, and so I said to him, I said because I didn't have the opportunity or the luxury to not be deep, hmm. right? I said because for me, you know, I grew up never knowing my father, and or never knowing why my father didn't want to be a part of my life. That's hmm. that's deep for me, right? That's this mm-hmm. is my exact words to him. I said, mm-hmm. so son, that that's deep for me. I grew up with a mom that to this day I don't have a relationship with. I said, mm-hmm. that's deep for me. Mm-hmm. I grew up not feeling loved by not mom or dad. Mm-hmm. I said again, that's deep for me. Right? I said I grew up on food stamps and welfare. That's deep. Mm-hmm. That's deep for me. I grew up having to fight all my life. That's deep. Mm-hmm. That's deep for me. Right? I grew up in and out of jail all my life. That's deep mm-hmm. for me. For me to come out of that and provide a life for my son today and for him to say, I'm not deep, that's deep for me. Mm. Right? And, 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 I, I don't know how he took what I was saying, mm-hmm. but I wanted him to understand. And and but what I said to him before I before I say this is I I said to him I want you to understand why life is deep for me. Mm-hmm. Before you trivialize me being deep, I want mm-hmm. you to understand why I am a deep person. Right. Because I didn't get to where I am by not being a deep person. You are where you are and can say what you're saying is because I created the environment and the atmosphere for you to do that. Mm. I don't get the luxury of being not deep. Right. And so he he was just sitting there like looking at me like mm-hmm. this is like uh, like again, it's too deep for me, Dad. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like you know, a, a weird or unique moment or whatever, but it mm-hmm. was it was kind of like I wish I wouldn't even say anything because this is too mm-hmm. deep. This conversation is too deep. I didn't want to get this deep. That's all right. That's what we're here to do <laughs> to uh, get deep. Yeah, but I'm but what I'm saying is that for him, like he never wants to do that. Mm-hmm. He never wants to get deep like that right so so when if i go back to your initial point about the minister and what it you know what he meant and what were the most profound moments or speeches or whatever so that's going to get deep right Mm -hmm. for you or for i in that let me think because that's deep Mm -hmm. because in, in it being deep is how much of an effect did it have on me so right. we start to say um you talk about well I, I i think i um i said um um i think it was a speech about 
the black man being God, and then you said how to give birth to God. Mm-hmm. Those those are two different unique um, CDs are um, or tapes that I remember um, back in the day, but they were both profound to me. Um, right. But you know, I think that we live in a generation that's very different from the generation that my son is growing up in or my daughter's mm-hmm. growing up in. And while that I can listen to it and you may listen to it and meant something of value and maybe was uh, changeful or impactful in our lives, that's not what they get from that. Right. Um, it and, doesn't resonate. Yeah. And, and um, you know, trying to be careful about you know, making things that resonate to us, make it making it resonate to them. Right. Um, you know, how do you do that effectively? Because it it somehow can have the reverse effect, right? Right. Because it, it turns them off, right? Because if you if you look back at the podcast last night, right, there was mm-hmm. a there was a piece in the podcast where you asked my son and you asked my daughter what would they do as parents, right? Mm-hmm. Um, as it relates to Christmas. And my son was like, uh, almost like I would do something <laughs> completely different. Totally opposite. Yeah, he's like, uh, <laughs> ain't that serious to me, you know. I tell him about, you know, all that stuff, but you know, they want to have a Christmas tree and lights, I'm all for it. You know, and I'm like, okay. You know, you know. and then my daughter's yeah, and my daughter's like, I think I would kind of be more like my dad, right? <laughs> but but here's the connection or the disconnection. Mm-hmm. The connection or the disconnection is to hear both of them, mm-hmm. right? Because what happens is, like, you do what you do as a mm-hmm. parent, right? Mm-hmm. And you think you're being effective, or right. you're at least trying to be effective, right? right. Based on what you think you know. Hmm. But is your intention meeting the mark, right? Hmm. Because if you're missing the mark, even though you have good intention, you're still out of the ballpark. Mm-hmm. You know, and at the end of the day, where you want to be, it's kind of in the ballpark. It right. is at least, you know, accomplishing what you are attempting to do. Right. You know, because at the end of the day, um, what you want, I think, the goal for the parent or parents is that, you know, you want your kids to look back and be appreciative of the way that you raised them. Right. You know, you and you want them to desire to reach back and talk to mom and dad and ask for their guidance about particular things. What you don't want is for them not to want to reach back at all. Hmm. And how do you and how do you get there? Right. I'll give you an example of um, a relationship with my pops. I thought he was too strict, and when I did uh, get to the age of eighteen, I didn't speak to him for like. Um, Maybe a little past 18, maybe like about 25, 20 to 25. I just stopped speaking to them all together. 
because I thought he was irrational. And this was a different time. And he wasn't even talking black power stuff. He didn't even have that as his um, methodology. But he was big on securing your future. And as a youth, even in, as a young adult, our motive operandi is to have fun. The, the securing my future is less, um, is made trivial because it's better to have fun. We may not, according to y'all, meaning the parents, we may not even live to see 40 or 50 years old. So we might as well have fun right now. Um, so I didn't speak to him till about like 35. And it had been five years as a parent, five years of divorce. And I said to myself, now I can appreciate and see what my father was telling all of this time because I could have avoided the conflicts in marriage by securing my future. I could have uh, avoided the obstacles of parenthood by securing my future. All of the things that he tried to tell me at 14 to 21, and I just erased. Oh, dad, yo, fashion. But um, I not only embrace all of the beatings now, although I thought they were harsh back then, I'm like, I'm glad he did that because that shit kept me out of jail. It kept me out of the streets. And I am so thankful for that because I know brothers who didn't have that option, who didn't have a parent that was going to keep them out of those damn streets, no matter what. And, um, you know, I think uh, Minister Farrakhan said something about his mother being very strict with um, beatings and all of that. And uh, one day, the cops were called. And when the cops came, um, he was mocking his mother. And um, he said, his mother said to the cop, he said, do you discipline your child? And the cop said, yes. So Farrakhan's mother said, well, if you beating your child, I beating mine. <laughs> and the cop left and didn't have nothing else to say. But um, it, there's a balance. And um, sometimes they're going to hate you for it, and sometimes they're going to appreciate it. There is no guarantee for that portion of it. Yeah, I, I, I but I think... Um... I think what I've learned is that and I'm not saying beat or not beat um, discipline your, your kid. I think discipline is def definitely a, a necessity. Mm -hmm. um, I think that we have to be very clear um, about how we're going to define discipline your child. Mm. I, um, 
And what I want to be careful of in going forward um, is understanding um, how we're defining discipline. Hmm. And, you, you know, because times have changed. And so in, in times changing, I think that um, I think that all kids are, are very different, but I think that not only are all kids different, but I think the times have, have really changed. Exactly. And so, I, you know, I want to be very careful of using rituals that have outlived their use, usefulness, hmm. right? And so I'm not, again, I'm not saying don't discipline your, your children, but I think the way that you discipline, discipline them definitely has to be taken in consideration. Because if you if you use an antiquated disciplinary tactics in modern day, it's not going to be effective. Mm. Um, particularly if you are raising your kids and you're removing obstacles from them that you went through, mm. but you're still giving them the same disciplinary tactics. Mm. I don't think that's fair, or I don't think it's accurate, or I don't think it's effective. Mm. Right. So. You know, you did some things or I did some things where a physical, you know, punishment may be warranted. Mm-hmm. But in this day and time, I don't know that we can utilize that technique, that technique, um, you know, for the same result. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know that it, it, I don't know that you can put it there. I think it might be something that might be kind of outdated for right. that type of behavior. Right. You know, it's like, like, for example, you know, um, you know, I work in mental health for a living. Um, there were, there was a time when you would treat people with mental health issues a certain way. Mm. Right. And you, you know, uh, man, it's funny because Hitler felt like shit, you should kill them all. <laughs> you know, put them all in a, in a camp and kill all them crazy ones. You know, <laughs> and then there's other treatment where people felt like, you know, okay, they have mental health issues, give them this medication. Mm-hmm. You know, and you just kind of turn them into zombies, mm. right? But today, there's a lot of different other treatments, right? There's holistic type of treatment, there's cognitive type of treatment, there's behavior type of treatment. There's a lot of different type of treatments. Wow. And, and then there's something that I practice called eclectic type of uh, treatment, mm-hmm. where it's a combination of a whole lot of different techniques, mm-hmm. right? And so I'm saying that you have to be very careful if you want to work from one technique in terms of how to discipline your kids or how to, you know, uh, you, you know how to deal with them because. I think if you're only working from this is what my mom or my daddy did to me, you know, and this is what worked for me. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know that I think that that's going to be effective in contemporary day. Right. Exactly. So I know I may have said a mouthful. I don't know. Maybe it was too much, but um, no. I, I just, I'm, I'm just looking at um where kids are and how they grow up today as mm-hmm. opposed to how you know I'm 50 right in mm-hmm. 50 years ago mm-hmm. and, and trying to apply that type of technique to modern day right? but it doesn't work it don't um, one of the things that um, 
you can take solace and uh, be comforted by is the more we stay on the practical and the logical, the less we stay on the emotional, the better off we'll be. I don't know if that transfers to the um, success of the children, but um, every time they step out this door, we are worried no matter how adept uh, they are at what we tried to instill in them. So we're at the 18 minute mark in DF and Universe. Um, <clears throat> that went deep. <laughs> you think so? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think you, you'd have to say <clears throat> if the subject was give, how to give birth to a god. What are you going to do after the birth of that God? Well, you know what? Let me tell you something, man. What was powerful for me mm-hmm. is that I had a lot of anger, right? Um, when I first heard how to give birth to a God, mm-hmm. prior to me doing any counseling or like, uh, therapy or anything like that, mm-hmm. I, I didn't even know anything about counseling or therapy at the time. <laughs> um, but when I heard how to give birth to a God, it was the first time that I was able to forgive my mom for what I hated her for. Mm. Mm. And, you know, I don't know what that might mean to the listeners of, you know, someone who might hear this, Mm. but, you know, I hated my mom. Mm -hmm. I I, I hated her for the way that she treated me. I hated her for not loving me Mm. or I hated her for not making me feel loved. Um, I was just really, really angry with her. Mm. Um, and I was at a place in my life where I didn't ever want to see her again in life. Mm-hmm. And, um, but how to give birth to God changed that like overnight. Wow. And, 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 and the reason why it, it changed that was there was something that the minister talked about um, when he talked about a woman being pregnant. Right, and he said that when a woman is pregnant, all of the feelings that she has, mm. if she's feeling insecure, mm. if she's feeling hurt, mm. if she's feeling abandoned, mm. you know, if she's not feeling loved, you know, if the man isn't there, I mean, all of these feelings that she's feeling registers in the heart and mind of that unborn child. Wow. And and so for me, I was like, oh snap. Like that's exactly how I felt as a kid. That was that that was so so for me, I was like, my mom gave me every bit of those feelings, Mm. whether she intended to or didn't. Right. But that's what registered in my heart and my mind. And I came into the world like that. Wow. Feeling like that. But I did not understand that. Right. And I didn't understand it until I heard that. And that was my forgiving moment. 
in my life. And I don't think prior to counseling or therapy that I would have been able to do that. <laughs> but I forgave her from the night that I heard that mm. going forward. It it changed it it changed me and my perspective about my mom. Wow. That's deep. And we are at the 22-minute mark in DF Universe. And we'll be right back with the last segment. Um, come back and join us. Indeed. Peace. And we are back in the universe. Welcome back, brother. Peace to the God. Peace. Um, what shall we continue this conversation? um i don't know bro it it depends on um what we think the audience or potential audience wants to hear um i think that we have been um kind of like on a very serious note do we want to keep it on a serious note do we want to elevate it uh uh, do we just want to kind of keep it real you know it, it really depends on what you uh, you know how you gauge what the audience and I don't know that we have much of an audience but the audience that <laughs> potentially is here or potentially will come here would <laughs> want to hear mm-hmm. I, I, I think that we um, as a black community <clears throat> you know we're always looking for a lot of we're looking for and we need a lot of answers. Mm. Um, and I think that um, sometimes, man, it's, it's, it's just rough. Um, and, and what I mean by rough is that, um, like, I think at the end of the day, we all want to be happy, right? We, we just, right. We, we, you know, and, and you and I, like, we, like, we, we old school, you know, we love one another to death, but we disagree. <laughs> Right, <laughs> you, you know, at times, and um, but I think um, sometimes like stations in life, right, has mm-hmm. something to do with our happiness, mm-hmm. um, and being honest with with that, and how do we change that, and who's responsible for that? Mm-hmm. Well, that's a serious conversation. I don't know if that's gonna make either one of us happy or sad or whatever, but um, for the listening audience, um, how do we talk about how do we talk about that? How do we talk about um, what will make us happy as a people? And and I don't know that you and I would agree on what that <laughs> looks like, right? Mm. Um, I, I I look at Brother Ben X. Um, and he was a brother that had I, he apparently 
um, you know, started college, went to college, and then now he's not in college, and he doesn't seem to be a per a person that um, is an advocate of going to college, but he's an advocate of di- uh, digital, what he calls digital real estate, mm-hmm. which which is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to knock that, but I just hate knocking the other thing, right? right. I, I so I I I hate that. You know, he's a. I feel he's a proponent of di- digital real estate, and everybody needs that. Almost like Booker T, right? And and W. E. B. Du Bois, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's almost like the same argument, but different people. You know, Booker T saying, exactly. you know, no, we need land. We need not to be worried about politics. And W. E. B. Du Bois saying, oh no, we need to be worried about politics. We need to be a part of politics. You know, and and them like disagreeing and dividing the people because mm-hmm. there's a certain group of people that you know, like W and then W to be the boy going off talking about the talent tenth. Well, the talent tenth really, I, I I'm a part of that, right? Mm-hmm. But it makes me a part of the bourgeoisie, right? But I come, but I'm poor. I come from poor. <laughs> I come from the hood. So when I'm like. You know, if you put me there, that's fine. But really, <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really, you know. <laughs> so yeah, you know, I come from the hood. I come from all of the welfare and food stamps. But okay, now I end up going to college. Now I end up getting a bachelor's degree, a master's degree, a doctorate degree. Now I end up, you know, becoming a part of the Black Greek Society. You know, becoming a Mason. I, so now I'm a part of all these elite black organizations. So now, mm. you know, I'm I'm over here, kind of in the way that people might see me. So right. my hood sees me as, oh, nigga, you sold out, nigga, you changed, you part of the Illuminati, <laughs> you know, type of thing, right? And I'm like, nah, I, I'm really not. I ain't no freaking Illuminati. I ain't sold out the shit, you know. But I have really worked really, really hard to not be that same person. Hmm. And it's and, and and what becomes hard for me is that my hood can't accept that. My right. hood, my, my hood can't accept, damn, this dude been working hard. <laughs> you know, this dude, <laughs> yeah, he just, I mean, yeah, you know, he come from that. But he 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 did a lot of work. The dude, you know. You know, he just that's work that they don't want to put in. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's I mean, an investment most people don't want to make. Yeah, so you know, so people to their say own that, detriment, right? So it's like I ain't want to go to college for four years, mm. man. I love mm. these bitches. I'm gonna keep chasing these bitches. Mm. I'm gonna, you know, and and I on the other hand have said, you know what, you know. I know what that lifestyle looks like. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna work hard on the other hand. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna try to not cheat on my wife. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna try to raise my kids. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna try to go to college. You know, mm-hmm. I'm gonna try to do all these things on this end. Then I do all of that work. And then people say, oh nigga, you sell out. <laughs> oh nigga, you Uncle Tom. Nigga, you change. Like, right, nigga, you change. And I'm like, man. <laughs> I ain't working this hard to get where I got, mm. you know, or what I have, you know, or to have a relationship with my kids, you mm. know, because most people, you know, a lot of us, where we come from, 
Like, we don't have relationships with our kids. We don't right. have relationships. We, we don't have healthy anything. But we but but what we hold tight to is nigga, I keep it real. Hmm. And I'm like, man, that's real fucked up though. I mean, you ain't you know, you 50, you we 60, we ain't got shit. <laughs> you know, and all we claiming is, you know, nigga, I'm that real nigga, I'm a real nigga. I'm like, man, shit, that's real stupid though, you know. But you know, I you know, and, and I've I come from where you come from, but I'm saying, man, that shit is not good. It doesn't. I, I don't <laughs> want my kids to not like to talk to me or not want to be around me or not raise them or, you know, be 60 chasing bitches. I, you know, I don't want to be him. I don't want to do that. I see, I'm, I'm looking at that. I don't like that. I don't want to do that. Mm. You know, I, I'm trying to do something different. But, the hate I get from where I come from, from what I'm trying to do, is it's it's right, it's overwhelming at times. Yeah. It's like Jesus Christ, you know, I'm criticized for trying to do the right thing. Right. That shit is anytime, but that's the crab in the barrel. <laughs> and that yeah. is the element of black power society. The fact that someone Surpassed the expectations under this racist system is considered sellout. Yeah, so how the freak do we change that? Because I, I, I always, when I was in the mosque, I told you that I always had people discouraging brothers that wanted to do something more than just um, sell bean pies or get to this call out to sell Final Call newspaper. I'm like, that's all well and good to spread the faith. But look at how much more we're missing out on. If you got those same group of brothers together to build a house, they couldn't do it. No type of workable skill or workable academics that could build just push the program, push the program, push the program. Okay, but where is it getting us? And that's that's the um, the downside of the euphoria that we feel from the tapes. Brother, get this tape. It'll, it'll help you out on what you're struggling with. Brother, I ain't struggling. I'm trying to do better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that that that's the uh, other side of um, having such a powerful force in front of you as, as leadership. Yeah, so 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 but so at the end of the day, so where does that put us? Where did, where 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 are we going? What 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 what's our mission? And and you know, like you and I bump heads uh, about this because you know, it's like black people need to do this. And I'm like, man, you ain't getting all Negroes to do shit. Like all Negroes ain't never gonna agree to nothing. And and you know, 
I, again, you know, I, I come from, you, you know where I come from. You come from the same place. Right. You know, but like I have family and brothers and sisters. You know, I, I don't know if I want to call them hood or whatever. <laughs> ghetto. But uh, ghetto, whatever, you know, but I come from where they come from. So I understand them. But trying to hold them to a different level is one thing, man. It's like, I, you know, I can't do that responsibly. Right. Right. It, it, meaning that. No, amicably, you can't do that and still be friends with them. I can't. You know what I'm saying? Because that's their life. Right. So and, and, and unless I'm going to come in and um, finance their lifestyle, mm-hmm. you know, and just take complete control of their lifestyle. But it ain't even about that. Because at the end of the day, man. Okay, so let me just go back just a little bit. And then I'll, <laughs> maybe we can get off this track, right? Mm-hmm. But I used to run this group. Um, and I'm running this, I used to run a homeless group, right? Mm-hmm. And in this homeless group, homeless group, um, I used to talk about what housing looked like for them. Mm-hmm. So many of them was coming home from prison. Many of them had like just not been financially responsible mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, some of them just had never been in a position. You know, they have stable housing. So it was a lot of different situations. Mm-hmm. But housing to to people looks different, right? Depending on who you are, depending on what your experiences are. Right. So housing for one person might look like a place to lay my head chill. It could it, it could be a room. It could be an apartment. Mm-hmm. You know, that's one person. Another person, it could be a place for me and my kids, my wife, you know, potential wife, my children. That's one perspective. Another perspective is here's a place where me and my homies can come and chill, drink, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I got my I got my own my own spot. Housing looks different for every for different people. Right. So when you start talking about housing and I you had sent me a text about uh, rural housing and, and, and what the president and all that other stuff and I, I I saw it and I was like man I don't even know what the heck this means <laughs> you, you know Ben mm-hmm. Carson and housing it was like the, the ultimate joke to me like what <laughs> but I didn't even I, I couldn't even get into that because I was like bro what do you mean I, I was just lost you know, with that, because I, I, you know, Trump just like, to me, I mean, he just appointed people, mm-hmm. you know, and, and Ben Carson being appointed, you know, Secretary of Housing was like the biggest joke in the world to me. <laughs> I, you know, it's almost like me appointing you to be like um, top shoe salesman, you know, mm-hmm. you know, just you know, it was just ridiculous. <laughs> and, and 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 to to give credence or credibility to Trump in housing for African Americans was just, I mean, that was so senseless. It, it it just didn't have merit whatsoever. And Ben Carson having no experience, it's almost like him appointing his children in all these different positions. 
not having any experience, it was just hmm. right. It, it's it's hard to have an argument about that if someone is going to place that as an argument. It was like, like I saw that I was like, oh, I, I don't know what to say with this. Uh, you know, I just didn't know, but um, I, I I guess not to lose my point. Um, mm-hmm. I think we we're just talking about um, how we get all black people on the same page. Right. I I think is I don't know. I, I think it's an impossible task. I, I, but I think that what needs to be clear is um, where you individually want to be and how to get there. Right. I think one of the things that, um, we can agree on is that it may be impossible right now. But going forward in the future is where success is going to be measured in what we do now or what we think now. And um, therefore, I think that um, these type of podcasts and this type of um, thinking is going to register in the future maybe generations after this. I don't even know if these types of um, um, ways of thinking about black power will still be relevant, but um, the fact that that we put it out there that this has got to evolve to something bigger is what we can do for the rest of the black world. Well, I would like to be optimistic and believe it. <laughs> this, um, oh, what you call it? This concoction I took is um, starting to um, take effect and um, a headache is coming back though. Mm. I think I got um hypertension or high blood pressure. Mm. Keep getting these headaches. Mm. Um, let's end the podcast right here. Okay. And uh we'll get back to them next week. Indeed. And so um I'll give you the last word. We got still got three minutes left, two minutes left. And uh you can take it from there. Okay. Um, well, I don't know that I have a, you know, I don't know that I have a a, a winning slogan, or, you know, if you will. But I think that um, I would like to be hopeful that I think that what we are doing or attempting to do in terms of the podcast mm-hmm. um, for future future generations. Um, and that maybe someone might crack open a, a crate and pull one of these out and be like, <laughs> whoa, you know, these guys were really having some deep intellectual conversation. Let's be mm. honest. Um, I would love for that to be the case, or I would love for at some point, I, I don't know, maybe marketing, you know, what we're doing right now, um, mm-hmm. you, you know, may grow into something different. 
And but I, I think it's wonderful that we are doing this and we are exploring what you know uh, are the possibilities and potential potentiality of it. Uh, I like to see where it continues to grow. Um, but but yeah, I think that you know we are right in the midst of um, a go uh, or no go. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, but by, I think we're there. We're we're right where everybody else is in in the podcast world. Right. Um, and and I think our potential is as great as everyone else. Right. I agree on that. Definitely. No. No. Let's see where it goes. Yeah, bro. So feel better. Thank Take you, bro. Get some rest. Yes, sir. And I'm I'm glad we was get I'm glad we was able to get on earlier. Right. Uh, considering um you know um your your um physical and, and mental um situation right now. Right. So I'm glad we was able to get on earlier than later and um give you the opportunity to get the rest and energy that you need, bro. Thank you, brother. Yeah. Assalamu alaikum. Peace to the God. Peace. Please forgive my um, incapacity in terms of my health this week. It really um, hurt the podcast. There's no dynamic interaction back and forth. But I do have an excerpt from How to Give Birth to a God by the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Enjoy. Stay strong. Stay focused. And we'll be back next week in the effing universe. Force to change the reality of the way we live is correct knowledge deposited in the right place. Carefully planning, rightly choosing, plus the continued application of desire and effort and will a woman can produce mental giants. You can produce gods. The woman may not do it herself in terms of the manifestation of such power, but the woman is the womb through which that power comes. And that is why to abuse a woman is to abuse the womb of God. You, brother, don't have her function. If the world is in need of great men, honorable men, men of vision and right action, then it is women that are going to have to produce that kind of man. So women today whom God is going to bless, these women lay down and they dream of becoming the mothers of great men like that. How many of you sisters have ever dreamed, listen now, of producing someone into the world that would make a difference? How many of you have ever dreamed of that? Raise your hand high. Don't hold it down. Don't be, raise them up high. That's nothing to be ashamed of. Now those who never had that dream, 
Think about that. Think about that now. Here you are producing age with a, an egg that can be fertilized, but your mind has never even conceived the thought of producing a child that will change the direction of your own people. Then what baby will you produce? It's an accident going someplace to happen. Why don't you think like that? Precisely because you've never been taught or trained as to the magnificence of who you are. Farrakhan, I notice when you teach, you seem to favor women. It's because I was made wise from the cradle by my mother. Somebody was going to have to come along to free the woman. Somebody was going to have to come along to put the woman in the right state and frame of mind. Give her the right frame of reference from which she could draw power to make a change. That person was the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, but I was so in tune with my father that if 75% of his work is with the woman, why should I not lean in the direction which is the heaviest part of his work if I am his student and his helper? I want you to listen now. Jesus, are you all right? Jesus in the scriptures, not in the scriptures, but the scholars who write of Jesus, they call him the desire of women. That's one of Jesus' names. Now it has many meanings. But the scholars say Jesus being the desire of women means that women who were in the nation of oppressed Jews wanted to produce the deliverer. And each woman wanted or desired to be the womb that God would bless with the deliverer, the desire of women. Now look, you can't even begin to produce such person if the desire is absent. Listen. So, how to produce a God has to be thought of in preconception times. Right now, before you have a baby, you must begin to prepare your body and your mind for what will ultimately become a reality in your life. Listen now. As a young boy, you must begin to prepare yourself to father a powerful sperm. The 
the sperm is not fathered by the act of sexual intercourse alone. The sperm is fathered by the thought that is present in the brain that empowers the sperm and becomes the force in the head of the sperm that will finally germinate and fertilize the egg. So you can't walk around mindless and produce mental giants though it happens accidentally. But if you think about what you are and who you are, you can do it every time. There ain't no missing. And the condition that we're in, we don't want to hit and miss. We want to produce a giant every time the womb opens. Let a God come forth. 